What's happening, everybody? On today's show, a little retrospective look back on the life of Mike Leach and his time coaching in the SEC as he unfortunately passed away here this week at the age of 61. We'll talk about it with some of the people close to uh, the Mississippi State program covering him and the team the last couple of years in the SEC and uh, also start to turn the page and look ahead. Where does Mississippi State go from here? Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked on SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks, a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to get that extra $30 off your order. I'm Chris Gordy. This is Locked on SEC. And, of course, the unfortunate news happening here in the last 24 hours as Mike Leach passes away at age 61. And we thought nobody better to get on to talk about this than Theo DeRosa, sports editor for the Dispatch in Mississippi, covering Mississippi State Athletics. Theo, thanks for the time for uh, joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Chris. I know, uh, Theo, you you graduated from Missouri a couple years ago and, uh, you know, joined the Mississippi State beat uh, closing on two years ago. Um, Just talk to me a little bit about what what it was like taking the job and kind of getting to to meet Mike Leach for the first time and starting to cover him and and the football program on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, so I actually met him for the first time at his introductory press conference. I don't think we exchanged words, but I wanted to go cover it because, you know, you hear about Mike Leach at Texas Tech and Washington State. Such an interesting guy. I went and assigned myself, I guess, the story of uh, top 10 Mike Leach quotes at his introductory press conference. So it wasn't, you know, the most important story, but it was just a way for me to meet him, you know, kind of see what it's about and uh, definitely get a kind of fun deal out of it. Obviously, I started covering him that spring when our Mississippi State reporter at the time left for a different job and uh, started with spring practice. I think one of the first practices I went to, the spring game, I think it was, receiver Jaden Wally got injured and Leach was like, oh, he's 100% healthy, you know, like basically saying, I'm never going to talk about injuries. And it kind of set the tone for me. as like, okay, this is how it's going to be covering Mike Leach. And it was like that. It was definitely tough at times. You know, you'd want a football answer he wouldn't really give one you'd uh, ask a you know nonsensical question he'd give you a seven minute answer (laughs) so there were tough times but I will say he made it very interesting and honestly at times quite fun to cover so that was definitely a blast for the last two years yeah what's what's so funny about it is you're right I mean there were times where you know he didn't want to talk football he'd prefer to talk Halloween candy or marriage advice or whatever it is um also, for people I've talked to close to him, was kind of he operated not only on his own schedule, but in his own world, right? Like he'd be late for press conferences, fifteen minutes late. That's just kind of that's who Mike Leach was, right? Uh, I wish it were only fifteen minutes late. Yes, a little uh, sometimes, you know, kind of showing up whenever he he felt like it. I think that you know annoyed some of the people in the media. I understand it's tough to deal with that week to week basis, but ultimately, I mean, he was respectful to us I think you know for the most part and definitely engaging and I will say the access during preseason camp and postseason bowl games was was very good with 
the program. So, I mean, Leach always gave you something to write about, good or bad, usually good, but definitely, like you said, I mean, kind of on his own schedule. I know he said, like, at one point, the athletic director at the time, I think, gets up at 5 a.m. and works till 3, and Leach was like, my hours are completely different. Like, he'd probably get up at 3 p.m. if he'd like to (laughs) and stay up all night. Very different guy, as you can tell. I mean, just the reactions to the news today, you just see all these people talking about how unique he was, not just in the air raid, but just off the field. And I think that's what made him so special and kind of a true icon of of college football. Yeah, I think that's what's so interesting is I think one of the quotes I heard today was, um, you know, everybody wants to talk about the off the field stuff. You know, like I said, the interview with Alyssa Lang, her asking for marriage advice, the ranking Halloween candies, the the Pac-12 mascots fighting one another. But what we neglect is to, to talk about in that conversation is what a genius he was on the field and what he meant to the football. You know, the air raid really uh, took off and led to him having success at Texas Tech in the Big 12, at Washington State in the Pac-12, and then coming in to a difficult situation there, Mississippi State, in the SEC, and going toe-to-toe with some of the best of the best um, with his offense, I think speaks volumes. And I, I feel like we're not talking enough in this remembrance of him, of what a great football mind he was. Yeah, he definitely was. I mean, you kind of saw that this year. The offense did struggle at times, but just especially last year, I think 2021 might have been the most impressive season just in terms of some of the wins he posted. Yeah, they went 8-4 and four this year to 7-5 and five last year, but they beat NC State, Kentucky, Texas A&M, and Auburn. I know a lot of those teams struggled this year, but last year they were all ranked teams at the time. Comeback against Auburn I think they were down 25 they kind of dominated NC State and Kentucky they go into College Station and win you got questions when Leach was hired can the air raid work in the SEC and I think he has proven or he did prove at least it does and it does work and you saw that this year when they beat A&M in Arkansas by 20 something points at home you saw that when they got that win over Ole Miss which was a big part uh, the defense had a big role in that of course but I think, yeah, he he's a good coach on the field. I mean, if you can win 11 games at Texas Tech, Washington State, you're doing something right. Clearly, he's a very able coach winning-wise, and you saw him kind of struggle with that in the first year in Starkville. They went 3-7 and seven in the COVID season, but then you know you win 15 games over the next two years, and you kind of elevate the program. For Mississippi State, I mean, 8-4 and four is quite an accomplishment given the schedule they face and the program they are, and I think they did a pretty good job with uh, Leach in his third year. Do you will you have a favorite memory or moment, either a moment he made you laugh or, you know, even something serious or just something in your time interacting with him? Yeah, I think just a couple months ago, they lost to Alabama, which is not a shock. Uh, after that, Leach was going on a rant about dinosaurs. Typical Leach, right? Anyway, he was talking about, you know, I think going to gas stations as a kid, you get this like dinosaur giveaway thing. I had no idea where he was going with it. But like three minutes later, he said something about uh, our receivers' hands are going to fall off in the future for lack of use because they didn't catch the ball. And when he brought that home, I mean, I was trying not to laugh openly in the media row seating. It just And then he went on about that for another couple of minutes. So that was a good memory, just seeing how funny he could be and also just caustic, you know, dry humor. It, definitely memorable for sure. <laughs> 
Well, let's talk, Theo, of, of where Mississippi State goes from here because, um, you know, there is no break from football as much as we want to take time to mourn his passing, and certainly he deserves that and his legacy and memory deserve to be honored. You know, we have a National Signing Day coming up. We have a bowl game to be played. I know Zach Garnett's already been announced as the, the interim and uh, statement uh, – you know, came out t- today that they are going to play the bowl game. The ReliQuest Bowl will still happen. Where does Mississippi State go from here? Because they're already searching for an AD with John Cohen gone, and now suddenly you're thrust into a head coaching search, one that you did not expect to have. So what are these next couple of weeks to months going to be like for Mississippi State? I mean, you're right. It's definitely a tough spot. I mean, not having a full-time AD in place to hire a coach, and now, you know, Leach being gone – you mentioned Zach Arnett on Sunday, he was put in charge of the program and I have pretty little doubt that he'll be coaching them in the bowl game, which like you said, they did confirm state will play in that bowl game on January 2nd. I kind of feel like Arnett is the logical choice through maybe the next season. I wonder if it's not too late to hire a full-time coach right now, given how many people have already moved jobs, how, who might even be available at this point, especially when you do not have an AD in place. Sounds like they're going to push the AD search back a few weeks. I think they were going to start, you know, second or final round of interviews this week. Probably going to be after Christmas now. And I'm imagining well into 2023 when they hire an AD, not to mention a coach. So it's kind of in limbo right now. And I feel like with so much uncertainty and with the success that Arnett has had as the defensive coordinator, the leader he can be, I think rolling with him through the bowl game and honestly, maybe through next season, is the right choice. Granted, after that, I don't really know what you do with him because I don't know if you can be like, okay, you're the head coach now for a year and we're going to bring you back to defensive coordinator after that. But that might be a bridge they'll have to cross in December of next year. Theo, uh, thanks so much for taking some time, man. Thanks for uh, sharing some memories. And uh, I know it's, it's going to be diff- difficult for a lot of folks in that community, a lot of his players, a lot of his coaches, uh, on the sudden passing of Mike Leach. But uh, you do a great job of covering it all, and uh, we'll keep checking out your work uh, at the dispatch and keeping everybody up to date. Thanks for the time, man. Thank you. All right, that's Theo DeRosa of the dispatch there in Mississippi and uh, doing a fantastic job covering them, albeit in a uh, tough, tough, difficult situation. Uh, coming up next, we'll continue the conversation. We'll catch up with Chrissy Freud sharing some of her memories and stories uh, with Mike Leach throughout the years here on Locked on SEC. But this episode is presented by our friends over at Omaha Steaks. And look, the holiday sale is going on. It's insane. Omaha Steaks has cut prices 50% site-wide to make you the gift-giving hero that you always wanted to be. The holidays are here. Achieve gifting greatness when you give the gift of perfectly aged, tender, and delicious Omaha Steaks. They put together a delicious selection of various gift packages to make shopping for the ones you love nice and easy. Go to omahasteaks.com. Take advantage of 50% off site-wide. Plus, use our promo code Locked On at checkout. That'll get you an additional 40 bucks off your order. Omaha Steaks got everything you need to give a gift that's simply perfect. They've got their delicious butcher's cut filet mignon, chilled, uh, air-chilled boneless chicken, ultra-juicy burgers, all of it. I've tried them all. They are all to die for. They are fantastic. Order today. Beat the shipping rush. Go to omahasteaks.com. Use promo code Locked On at checkout. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Visit omahasteaks.com. Take advantage of 50% off site-wide and use our promo code Locked On at checkout to get that extra $40 off your order.
Run along here on Locked On SEC. We've been talking a lot about uh, the passing of Mike Leach and looking back on his career, catch up with some people who knew him and uh, worked with him or followed him in his career. And our next guest uh, knew him very well, Chrissy Freud, who uh, has a tremendous piece up at uh, SI.com, the Fan Nation Cowbell Corner, on uh, her experience with Mike Leach. And we welcome in Chrissy now. How are you? Uh, doing as well as I can under these circumstances, to be honest with you. Well, let's let's talk about it, Chrissy, because um, I, I remember talking to you a couple years back, and you were, you know, kind of looking to, um, you know, learn a little bit more about the air raid, and uh, you know, I think you were doing a piece studying some quarterbacks, and particularly one of the quarterbacks that Mike Leach had coming out of Washington State. And I think you, you talked about in your article that you know you had reached out to him, just kind of a shot in the dark. I don't know if I'll get a quote from Coach Leach. But you end up connecting with him, and kind of from there, um, you'd start to develop a little bit of this friendship, relationship, working relationship, whatever, with him, uh, and keep in touch with him throughout the years. Just talk a little bit about your journey and getting to know him. Yeah, I mean, I never really thought it would shake out um, quite like this. So it started WFBU. I was working at it uh, just as an intern, and obviously it was at USA Today and a couple other places. I just doing a lot of different stuff. And so that was whenever I really started developing the quarterback niche and Anthony Gordon was one of the first guys that I really liked. And I, me and Mike would always say that he got screwed over because of COVID and that he always deserved a shot. And I think we still live and die by that to this day. Um, But I was afraid to submit the interview request. And so Steve Schneider told me that I had nothing to lose. And I mean, I was more so nervous, not just because of the stature of this person, but because of all, I mean, he was famous for the videos of some of the things he would uh, say to reporters. I mean, he had he had no problem letting anyone know that they had asked a question the wrong way. Um, and so it would, whenever you're that young, I believe I was 19 or 20 years old whenever this happened, um, you're, it makes you really nervous. And so I did it anyway. Um, and then he, he called me and I was on crutches at the time. I had just sprained my ankle stepping over my dog and couldn't stall him long enough talking about Gardner Minshew. So I had to go ahead and uh, just say that I, that I had done it. And he asked me a million questions about my dog and then uh, gave me this great interview. And um, he made this one comment that most people would take the wrong way. And that kind of really doesn't leave you feeling good. And that's um, if journalists know so much about, about football, uh, why don't we ask them what to do on third down? Like I said, there's a lot of people that would take that the wrong way, but it only <laughs> made me curious. And I was like, well, what does he want to do on third down. And so I delved so far into it and started studying it as much as I could on the internet and then found this certification a program founded by Hal Mummy, who is the original founder of the Air Raid offense, um, and went through that and developed an appreciation for just how much we don't, so many reporters, including myself at the time, knew football, but didn't really, really know football. And you began to see how some of these questions that people would ask um, would literally almost borderline come off as offensive or disrespectful uh, just because they'd never been in the shoes of a coach. And I mean, that's a hard ask of a journalist to do that much, I think, especially in today's era. Uh, but it made me gain a new respect. And to be honest with you, I became obsessed with the mentality and the, the way of doing things in the air raid. And so I decided I wanted some sort of further involvement, in it, whether it be coaching or like something in a football staff or just even learning it more to become better at what I had realized was kind of like this supplement to journalism, if you will. And so I uh, asked if we could get on a call and 
he called me in the middle of a LSU game. I think it was right before because they were on a bye week, but I suppose he didn't realize that we, that we were not. Um, but I ran down uh, in the in the elevator of the concourse and um, we got on the phone and I mean, he didn't bat an eye whenever I said that I had thought about getting into coaching, but I had no idea where to start. And basically laid out the entire outline for me and gave me all these contacts. And then I thought that was the end of it. He said, and if you want to see how we do things around here, then this is Dave Emmerich's contact information. Um, go ahead and shoot him an email. And we'll get it set up. And I said, okay. And I was I mean, kind of floored at the fact that that was even offered to me. <laughs> and so... Um, after that, I, I wanted, yeah, it was after that. It was not long after that. I want to say it was sometime in March of that year. Um, I went out there to Mississippi state and sat in the offensive meetings, um, had a, like a one-on-one -on -one talk with him, which wasn't an interview, uh, just about the offense and the way of installing things and stuff like that. Um, and really he seemed to want to get to know me as a person. I mean, he asked me all these questions about myself, some of the articles I had done, and I'll never get to the bottom of how he figured out that I interviewed Ted Bundy's lawyer, but I guess he liked to stay up late at night. So I guess he probably Googled me and was trying to figure out um, <laughs> what, I, what I was up to and kind of what I was just about in life. And so after that, I had, de I had developed even more of a, a fondness for this and felt like I had the beginnings of a relationship with this person. Um, and so when I left, I kind of had this feeling that somehow I'd be back there. And I was like, I don't know how that's plausible, but I just kind of feel like I will. Um, and so I told him, thank you. And like, we did a few more one-on-one um, -on -one interviews and kind of started talking about the ethics of journalism, which he was very open about from the beginning. Um, and I kind of began to take that new perspective too, of like putting yourself in a coach's shoes and almost siding with the coaches on certain sides of like things that involve journalists. If in a way, if that makes any sense. And so from there, I mean, we would text about random things like uh, the baseball team winning the national title and then uh, eventually developed a relationship to the point to where I saw a job to take in Starkville, Mississippi. I had been there twice. I knew two people there. Um, <laughs> didn't really have another reason to come there. And for whatever reason, I don't know what had gotten into me at that point, packed my bags and rented a house there sight unseen. And it just really kind of evolve from there. And I think there was this mutual respect as I tried to understand as much as I could. And I tried to do things the way that I thought that he would see fit as best as I could. Um, and then just from there, I mean, the cat that he had, I caught the cat in the parking lot. And for whatever reason, he he didn't want anything but one of the stray cats. I mean, the, nothing easy from the animal shelter was was going to do it. And then he realized all the stuff that I knew about dogs and stuff. And so then um, after that, he wanted another pet. And so he went through that and then he got a Labrador retriever. Um, but yeah, we had a lot of conversations about football, a lot of conversation about, about life. He became someone that I could honestly lean into. And me and my intern, um, she's on my staff writer, Elizabeth Keene, uh, showed him a dog talk every single week last season. And sometimes we were a few of the only people there, which kind of gave us a chance to like interact with him one-on-one -on -one even more. And he got to the point where he would text me and be like, oh, good job writing this. Like we like the way that you're doing this. And at, at that point, like, I mean, we talk about everything from whether or not it was legal to own a Lynx. He was dead set on that Lynx for a while and <laughs> Mississippi. And I explained, I was like, well, this isn't exactly legal, but this is how we could get it here. And there were a lot of things that kind of went off the rails um, like that. But I mean, he evolved into someone that was, I wouldn't really say like a, a third parent, but was definitely like a, a, just a mentor, a sense of guidance and felt like a family member by the end of it. 
And, and it is crazy because this is a guy who is, you know, one of the biggest names in college football that, you know, had a, a pretty rough schedule when you talk about recruiting and, and coaching and all this kind of stuff. But to take that time out to kind of help you and, and mentor you and, and guide you, I think it, it says a lot about him as a person. Um, and then, you know, you mentioned, I mean, the, the off the wall stuff. I mean, this is a guy who wrote a book about Geronimo. That has nothing to do with football. <laughs> that I mean, his 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 interest in pirates and everything else just were uh, out of this world. But uh, I mean, it, deep down inside, like you getting to to meet him and, and know him, uh, this was a really bright football mind as well, right? Yeah, I mean, when we we saw a lot of things eye to eye. I mean, we agreed obviously from the start a lot of points of quarterback evaluation and really sitting in those meetings and just getting on the phone with him is how I developed a lot of the way that I evaluate quarterbacks, which has become a big part of my career. And it's kind of like a, a side series that I've had for a while now. And I mean, it's all pretty much 90% based on everything that he's told me. And the fact that, I mean, from the beginning, I mean, we saw things the same way. And I mean, the air raid too, it gets a big knock whenever you really study it. I mean, it's, it's mathematically and geometrically set up in a way that it is impossible to stop if you execute it correctly. And there's no other offense in football that's like that. I mean, a lot of the RPO stuff is based on on trickery and stuff like that. But I mean, this is one, it's simple, but if you do it correctly, which I mean, has been proven that there are teams that don't do that. It takes the, the right talent and obviously execution, but it's, you know that it's coming. You know exactly what it is. I mean, you can go Google Grain 92 on the internet and it'll come up and that's a play that we call out and run in a game. <laughs> um, but you get so good at it that they can't stop you. And I mean, it's the mentality of that we're set in this way of doing things and we don't care what anyone thinks and we're going to, to stick to that. And I mean, it's it's a belief a strong belief in yourself, honestly, is what it comes down to. And, and the thing that stood out to me in this day and age where you see the Sean Paytons that have the the Denny's menu of plays and all this, Mike Leach had the one little thing that fit in the palm of his hand. <laughs> and if, I feel like it was almost like six plays and it's just con- concepts. We'll run this to the left. We'll run this to the right. And, you know, it's just it, it's crazy that, uh, you know, the – you said, it. I mean, these concepts, this is what we do and we're going to do it. And we don't care if you know what it is, um, but it worked and it worked uh, at a great level. And it's unfortunate because it really feels like, man, he had a nice season this year at Mississippi State. Will Rogers was continued to improve every year in the system. And I was excited to see what was in store for next year, what he could have done with this team, uh, you know, Rogers development and what 2023 could have done. Um, so we feel a little bit cheated out of that, but um, uh, I know uh, you talked about in your article what he said, uh, one of the last things he said to you that I know uh, is going to stick with you, right? You could call anytime. Yeah. I, and I look, I know it's I know it's still raw and very emotional, and we appreciate you uh, coming on with us, and um, look, he is, he, is, he is one of the legends that is going to live on, you know, timeless, and a guy that, that everybody will remember in the college football world, and uh like I said, I encourage everybody to go to SI.com and check out uh, Chrissy's piece. Really, really good stuff on uh, on a, an incredible person in Mike Leach. Not just a coach, but a person. Chrissy, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. More coming your way in just a second.
And this episode is presented by our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. You can get all the latest odds and trends for all the pro and amateur leagues out there. Of course, bowl season, they got all the lines up there for you, all the information that you need uh, from World Cup to college basketball, NBA. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. Head on over to their website today. You could do so on your mobile device to learn more. They are already the fastest and easiest way for you to get all of your betting information. Like I said, betting lines for the bowl games and, of course, uh, NFL playoffs will be here before you know it. All of that is up there at betonline.net. BetOnline, it is where the game starts. And like I said, it's the first place you should be checking out every day. Bookmark it in your phone. Start your day with BetOnline and get the information you need to make some educated decisions when it comes to placing your bets and getting in on the action betonline.net betonline it is where the game starts all right one more segment on the show and we've dedicated today's episode fully to the passing of mike leach uh an unfortunate um just again we we know the timing of this has been just absolutely awful and you know ross dellinger over at uh si i know he tweeted out mike leach believed to be the first active fbs head coach to die uh, since Northwestern's Randy Walker suffered a heart attack in 2006, he's the first sitting SEC coach to pass away since 1980 when LSU coach Bo Ryan perished in a plane crash uh, two months after taking the job at Baton Rouge. That, you know, they created an SEC uh, network documentary on that one. Um, never even po- coached a game, but for a guy who's you know, very much in the middle of his prime, you know, like I said, I was excited to see what Mike Leach was going to build you know, a few more years at Mississippi State and what he could do there with Roll Rogers and company. But uh, again, it's unfortunate passing. And a statement from Greg Sankey, SEC commissioner yesterday, he released a statement saying the Mike of, life of Mike Leach touched thousands upon thousands of people through his coaching, leadership, and insightful commentary. We will miss Mike. Uh, every conversation with him made you think. His humor, his depth, and point of view continually challenged all of us to think differently and reevaluate our perspectives we mourn his untimely passing, and we offer our support to his wife, children, and others. And I just thought this would be a great time, um, you know, getting to work with uh, Sean Salisbury throughout the years, who uh, does Houston radio and is good, has been good friends with Mike. He's had a lot of great interviews, um, you know, in my working with Sean throughout the years with Mike Leach. And I thought I'd bring you a couple of great clips from some of those great interviews with Sean and pass those along to you here on our show. So first up, here was Mike Leach talking about what a quarterback needs, what he looks for in a quarterback. You're either accurate or you're not as a quarterback, false or true. Oh, I agree with that. I agree with that hundred percent. And the thing is, is there's a lot of accurate guys out there. They don't all belong at quarterback, but uh, to me, the 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 the, the two things you got to be able to do, otherwise it's a non-starter. Uh, are you accurate, and can you make good decisions? And you can coach a guy to a point to make good decisions. Uh, and part of it is is that just their demeanor and confidence, because I think confidence is one of the most important features of a quarterback. But uh, accurate, make good decisions, and then after that, uh. Uh, then there's three other qualities that I look for. I've never gotten all five qualities. And if you look at the NFL Hall of Fame, none of them have all five qualities. Okay, then it's uh, do they have quick feet? There's a difference between uh, quick feet and fast. Um, and then 
uh, are they fast and do they have a strong arm? And then you get the best combination of that you can. But then in the end, whoever moves the offense the best is the best quarterback. And they come in all shapes and sizes. A little bit more from Michael each throughout the years talking with our, our buddy Sean Salisbury. He asked uh, Mike, does he like to eat before a game? What is his uh, r- ritual or tradition that he likes to do? I always get something to eat. Um, Going out on the field, um, as I go out for warm up, I always get something to eat, like a hot dog, I, a candy bar, like like something small, just so you can carry and walk. Never a hot dog, but like a banana, uh, a power bar, uh, <clears throat> occasionally apples. If you know, so if the I healthy get stuff. Them cut, yeah. cut up, and then um, I used to always have coffee. The trouble with coffee, I do that earlier. Because otherwise, you end up having to pee before halftime. You know. Have you and, have you um, ever had to leave the field to pee during a game? No, but I've had to have the the lineman uh, circle it up uh, by a garbage can. <laughs> and now it's it's, e- it's easier nowadays because they have those tents. They yeah. Got those uh, right. Those those uh, you know we're doing something medical in here, and it's all a secret. You don't get to see. Well, needless to say, there's a. <laughs> There's a garbage bucket in there, too. Another story, our friend uh, who was at Texas Tech when Mike Leach was there ran into him at a Taco Bell and, of course, had to ask him his thoughts on Taco Bell. Uh, Yeah, I think everybody eats Taco Bell from time to time, and it's a fantastic uh, uh, emergency situation program. You know, (laughs) I mean, uh, I certainly have eaten at Taco Bell since. I don't eat there a lot. It's always kind of a... And and I don't dislike Taco Bell. I, I, I tend to eat, honestly, I eat, um, I eat pretty healthy. Um, but uh, now, and the funny thing, they got all these new contraptions at Taco Bell, which I don't know what they all are. They sound good. They look good. But uh, I always get, I always get a bean burrito. They're old style bean burrito. Same here, solid. And then, and then I get uh, three crispy tacos, and uh, <clears throat> but yes, I do eat at Taco Bell probably once a month. And lastly, uh, Mike Leach was asked, uh, and, and of course he had an iconic rant on this as well. But uh, when he was talking with Sean, he asked him about uh, giving out wedding advice. Advice before you decide to get married, what would it be? So you got advice on everything. Do you have a, a word or a, or a sentence or a, a piece of advice for a guy when deciding to pull the trigger? Is, is he already engaged? Yes. Oh, geez. Well, we didn't get to him <laughs> quite soon enough. Okay, first piece of it. First piece of advice: stay single. Second piece of advice: um, uh, if you're absolutely certain. Uh, that this lady is your best friend and she's got to be your best friend. She's got to be the person that you want to talk to, no matter what your problem is, then, then, uh, fine, marry her, uh, but elope, do everyone a big favor, elope, do your friends big favor. And although your parents may not realize that the time do them a big favor and elope. I told my son I'd give him ten thousand dollars if he'd elope. He didn't do it, but <laughs> and, and the worst of it is that that was a starting point. I was starting it, you know, and and, and but there was such a lack of interest uh, in doing that. But uh, 
and I sort of wish, and I wish I had, had eloped, but, uh, and then, you know, once you had, uh, have a short engagement for sure, none of this, we're going to torture each other for the next two and a half years, making, uh, <laughs> wedding arrangements and going through all the drama. If you're going to do it, do it, uh, do it. And then, um, uh, but when it, uh, comes to the wedding planning, uh, Stay away from every woman involved in the equation. Stay away from <clears throat> her mother and her sisters. Stay away from your mother and your sisters because they all want to be involved. And they're going to ask you uh, one irrational question after the next where there's not a right answer. And then they're going to attack you for uh, whatever answer you get, no, no matter what it is. Did you have any say when you got married to your good wife? Did you have any say in what the cake looked like, what the guest list? Did you have any say in it? Well, they would ask, see, they would ask, you know, do you want it like this? Oh, that looks good. Uh, well, I was thinking like this. All right, if you like that one, let's do that one. And then it was, well, you don't really care because um, you're just saying it uh, uh, to try to make me happy. You need to be a part of this, too. I mean, it's, listen, the whole thing's an ambush. Uh, the whole thing's an ambush. Uh, and, and, and fine, yes, okay, this is the woman you should marry, but... Um, when it comes to wedding discussions, run like the wind. I mean, take a phone call. Just grab your phone. Pretend you're talking to somebody and make sure it's urgent. Then quickly excuse yourself from the room and say, hey, I have to go. It's an emergency. Don't worry, but I'll, I'll, I'll be back. And then um, you do whatever you want. Go with your friends. Just be gone. Work extra. Um, but do not get involved. And you know, what the bridesmaids wear, what you're going to eat, what color the invitations are, how many you should invite. If you can subtly find a way to invite as few as possible, try to do that. But um, you, you just have to stay out of harm's way. And um, and if, if and if you do spend too much time there, I mean. Um, you know, all that's going to be left to use a grease spot by the time all those uh, women get done with you through the euphoria of creating a wedding. There's nobody else like him. The one and only Mike Leach, rest in peace at age 61. Appreciate our, our buddy Sean Salisbury for sharing some of that audio and, and letting us share that with you guys. And hopefully you enjoyed it as much as we did. Uh, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Um, again, the entire Southeastern Conference mourns at the loss of Mike Leach. And um, may his memory always live on with the historic coaching tree that he leaves behind from Lincoln Riley, Dave Aranda, Sonny Cumbie, Neil Brown, Josh Heupel, Art Bryles, uh, Dana Holgerson. Just the list goes on and on and on of coaches that learned or worked under him. And um, he'll truly be missed. And SEC and, and college football coaching legend Mike Leach. That is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Now go check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked on SEC. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.